Hello, this is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Financial Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This is part two of a podcast titled College Savings and Tax Incentives. Part one was posted about a week ago and it dealt with ways in which to save for college on a tax efficient basis as well as deductions and tax credits available to individuals as they pay for college. This is part two and the second part of the podcast that will talk about scholarships, what is taxable, what is not, and once you graduate, what type of student loan interest is deductible and by who. So we talked about saving for college in part one using 529 plans, educational IRAs, and we talked about deductions and different tax credits available. Now that you uh, are in college receiving scholarships and then graduating, what other tax incentives are available for you? In general, scholarships are excluded from taxation if they are used to pay for qualified expenses. Now, we previously talked about qualified education expenses being tuition, fees, supplies, travel, and room and board. Scholarships are not excluded from taxation if they are used to pay for room and board. That is the one exception to the qualified education expenses for scholarships. So if you receive a full scholarship, which includes tuition and room and board, the portion that is allocated to room and board will be taxable income and is reported as uh, wages on your Form 1040 as a student because you are the one receiving the scholarship. That is the general rule for undergraduates. Graduate students, sometimes a little different because there are some requirements for graduate students to work for the university for the scholarship. Working for the university, though that income or the scholarship will be taxable unless the work hours were for teaching or research. So if you are paid by the university, i.e. in the form of wages, then that will not be taxable if it's used for, if those wages were earned teaching or for research. There are also other exceptions to uh, educational assistance. If you work for a company and your employer pays for tuition reimbursement, up to $5,250 can be excluded as tuition reimbursement if it is included in your wages in box one, taxable wages. Typically that will also uh, show on your W-2 the excluded amount up to $5,250. Again, that is employer assistance if your employer pays for part of your education. So understand also that as you receive scholarships, pay for the remaining education that isn't paid by scholarships by taking 529 plan distributions, Coverdale IRA, 
uh, or educational IRA distributions, as well as taking tax credits and or deductions on your tax return, understand the IRS does not allow you to what we say double dip. You can't use the same dollars earned as a scholarship to also then withdraw money from your 529 plan and or take a credit for dollars that you didn't pay for. So there are ordering rules when you take money and those ordering rules are tuition is reduced by the scholarships you receive. It is then reduced by any tax credits you take. So if you take the opportunity, the American Opportunity Credit, it is $4,000 maximum applied. If you take the Lifetime Learning Credit, it's $10,000. So those numbers have to come off if you claim the credit, the amount of tuition that's applied or fees applied must come off. The last would be your 529 plan distributions. If the amount of money you receive exceeds the cost of tuition, fees, supplies, room and board, then you may find that part of your 529 plan distributions will be taxable because you have overtaken uh, distributions greater than your cost of college for the year. Now, once you graduate, you now have student loan interest conceivably. Understand that the average student loan amount in the United States is around $33,000 per student. And obviously that is an average, so there'll be people with a lot more, especially graduate students, doctors, dentists, lawyers may have higher, and obviously people will have lower than 33,000. But the average loan debt in the United States is around $33,000. The IRS does allow a deduction for student loan interest. The maximum deduction is $2,500. If you pay more than that, you do not get a deduction. It does not carry over you end up with a $2,500 deduction per year based on student loan interest paid. That amount starts to phase out at $70,000 for a single individual, and it's completely phased out at $85,000 of adjusted gross income. Married filing joint starts to phase out at $140,000 and is completely eliminated at $170,000 of adjusted gross income. Now, the question becomes, who gets the deduction? Well, that depends on <clears throat> who's paying the student loan debt. Is the student still a dependent of the parents and are the parents paying the debt or is the student paying the debt? So if the student or dependent is still being claimed as a dependent by the parents, then the the parents would get the deduction for paying the loan, assuming they have co-signed the loan. The parents have to be on the debt in order to get the deduction. So again, if the student is being claimed as a dependent, by the parents, then the parents would get the deduction for the student loan interest, assuming they were a signer on the loan. If the student 
or graduate is not a dependent, they would get the deduction even if the parents paid the loan. Because if the parents paid the loan and the student or graduate was not a dependent, it would be considered a gift from the parents to the student and then the student would be the one who was considered paying the debt. Again, if the parents pay the loan, they must be a co-signer on the loan if the student is still considered a dependent. Otherwise, no one would get the deduction. The parents wouldn't because they aren't a co-signer on the loan and the student wouldn't because they are being claimed as a dependent and weren't making the payments. So understand the differentiation there. Now, we talked a lot about the tax advantages, government incentives uh, through the last two podcasts regarding savings for college, different ways to have tax advantage, tax deferred, tax-free money. We talked about attending college and the deductions and credits that are available um, to the parents and students. And then we talked about what happens upon graduation. What student loan interest is deductible and, and who gets it? The last thing I will say is making sure that through all these uh, various tax incentives and savings, it's very important to understand how 529 savings plans and or education IRAs can affect financial aid and the uh, and, and through the application process. And there are different scenarios where if a student owns the money versus the parents own the money versus possibly the grandparents owning the 529 affect the student's application for financial aid and what they're eligible for. So that is a whole other process that hopefully um, uh, Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors or your advisor can help you talk through those scenarios and the best way to plan if you think that you may not have enough money for college through savings and you may need to rely on financial aid what is the best way to save up front um, so I hope this has helped you I hope that we've talked about the um, all aspects of college savings and the way the Internal Revenue Code is built into some incentives to help you save for college. Again, um, if Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out to us, please call us, please email us. Uh, again, my name is Larry Post and I am one of the members of our tax and financial planning team and we look forward to speaking with you.